welcome to Driving the Trains with Steve McKay. Okay, folks, welcome back. Um, I have uh, here in the room with me, um, I'm still in Chattanooga, and I'm here with the organizer of the con and uh, one of our favorite 18xx personalities, Mr. Mark Derrick. Welcome, Mark. It's good to be here. Um, and let's see, Mark, you've designed some of my favorite games, uh, Dixie and Mexico. Um, you've got some other titles out there as well. And this is the 24th year of the Chattanooga Rail Gaming Challenge, which is beyond fantastic. Um, I've had one of my best weekends playing games, not only from an enjoyment standpoint, but I just actually managed to win a few. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about the history of the con? Well, um... I guess back in the 90s, it would have been mid-90s, a friend of mine who used to live in Chattanooga and played 18xx games a lot, uh, Jeremy Vipperman and I, me, we traveled to Orlando, Florida to attend a game convention that was also going to have 18xx games and a Puffing Billy tournament. And I, I'm thinking it's called Magic Con. It may even still be around. It was in January. And at the time, we flew down on a budget airline and we were there for three or four nights. And, you know, we rented a car. And we and in going to this convention, it was pretty disappointing in that the uh, there were very few people there that wanted to play 18xx games and we played some of the puffing billy games and and they had other tournaments that distracted people but mainly there just weren't a lot of rail gamers and after we got back you know in talking to jeremy i said you know we we spent five or six hundred dollars to travel to this convention and really not have a, a really great time and I could put on a convention here in Chattanooga, and even if it lost five or six hundred dollars, <laughs> I wouldn't be any worse off, and I would ha- be able to host the thing and at least uh, run the kind of games that I wanted to play, see played, and have more control over it. And so the next year, I I did a little small gaming tournament. It was it was a more general game convention. And uh, at the time, there was this new game called Magic the Gatherings. And so we had a magic tournament, which was kind of something big that back in uh, 95 or so. And uh, there were some a few board gamers that I had, uh, had contacted in the area. And so the next year we started, I think, a, a railroad gaming only tournament in a pretty small meeting room. We drew about 25 people. But it was uh, it was pretty enjoyable, and we just sort of continued doing it over the years, and it's just sort of gradually grown to uh, whatever it is now. Yeah, I think you were saying we had like uh, almost eighty signups, maybe a few people who didn't show, but still, that's pretty good turnout, um, especially um, to get that many people who enjoy. Uh, one of the folks I was talking to today, they they likened to it. Yep, I I feel like I've had a fantastic weekend and I really enjoyed myself, but I also feel like I was doing my taxes for three days. <laughs> These are they're a little bit challenging uh, uh, games. Um, 
why why don't you talk about the future? What what do you see in the future for for the uh, the con? You hoping to keep doing it more, or um, what's what what are we looking forward to? Well, we just have to see. Um, unfortunately, I don't have uh, local supporters. I have people that help me out at the convention, like my tournament directors. You know what? Whatever success we have, you know, would not be possible without them. And, uh, you know, I've always got people that help me load games in and load them out. And, you know, it's, uh, it's become a little bit more of a challenge because as the attendance has grown over the years, there's actually fewer and fewer meeting spaces here in Chattanooga that you can rent, uh, you know, for an affordable price to keep the, the price as low as possible. And uh, so that is kind of an ongoing challenge and uh, and just life in general, you know, I'm kind of, I have some health issues and uh, none of us are getting any younger. So Indeed. I certainly want to, uh, I certainly want to go at least 25 years with this convention. And I used to put on comic book conventions back in the eighties and did them for about 10 or 12 years before this even started. Let's uh, let's switch over to um, your games and some of the designs you've got. Um, you've got several different games that kind of focus on southern U.S. and southeastern U.S. Um, are you is it just the right area? Are you focused on the history? You enjoy the history, or just uh, was convenient for you living here? So, well, I, I guess uh, you tend to you, you tend to design what you know about and. Uh, for me, I worked for many years with the Tennessee Department of Transportation. And they were located next to the National Model Railroading Association, you know, their national headquarters, mm. which for years were here was here in Chattanooga. And they had a, uh, a part of their building called the Kalmbach Memorial Library. And it had been... Uh, and been set up due to a, a, a wealthy uh, donor, you know, who had uh, bequeathed uh, a large library of railroad books. And over the years, it had grown where they actually had a couple of uh, full-time librarians that would receive uh, donated books and magazines and, and they would catalog them. And sometimes people would actually travel to this library to do research, like, yes, if they're, for instance, designing uh, models of railroad cars and the like. So they were getting, uh, yes, they were getting the logos and, you know, just the, the Herald information and the livery, uh, you know, the numbers assigned and the, and they would get this from these different books, like the Trains Magazine and, and, Although they didn't advertise it, this library was sort of open to the public. Mm. And so I started going over there and doing a little research, and I could get articles on uh, railroading. And naturally, you know, I, I looked into the South. Sure. And uh, so that kind of got me interested in doing the designs uh, based in Tennessee and then in Georgia and later Alabama. Uh, back in the back in the 90s you got to remember that that 
the only 18xx games there were, say by the mid 90s, was 1830, and you could maybe find a store that could import copies of 1829 from England. Mm -hmm. And then Mayfair had published 1856 and 1870. And there was also, I guess, uh, May Mayfair later imported 1835. But that was basically it. That was the kinds of 18xx games you could play back then. And they all could could last a long time. Mm. And and in trying to get people interested in 18xx games as I was, the length of the game became just such a big barrier. Yeah. And so that's why what I was trying to do was to make a shorter 18xx game that still feels like you've, you know, developed a map and kind of uh, modeled the history in a real abstract sort of way. And I guess we're still doing that to this day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, eight, uh, Mexico, um, your Mexico game is my group's go-to short game. Um, just a, a brilliant um, game. It's, uh, you know, you kind of move a little slow in the beginning, which your one train per, per OR purchase um, definitely kind of lets people sort of feel it and understand the game if you're a new player. Um, right until the point where everybody jumps off a cliff together and <laughs> things get a little a little tight and a little exciting there. Uh, we were just chatting a little bit more. Why don't you, you were talking about some of the designs and, and some of the aspects and the hardest thing being figuring out the trains. So why don't you just back up a couple seconds and uh, tell me a little bit about some of the designing and, you know. Well, there, there's a certain similarity I know in a lot of, lot of my games and there was different reasons to do it, one of which being that it's easier to learn different games if they had similar rules. And that's one of the th notorious things about 18xx games is that they all have different rules about certain things. There are certain, there are certain uh, qualities like there's always a stock market and there you're always laying track and you're always buying trains but but the way you do it is can vary quite a bit from one game to the next and so when i did my 18tn and 18ga they have the exact same train mix pretty much the permanent trains maybe do slightly different things and may have slightly different costs but the early trains cost the same. And that's not an accident because I never wanted to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> so something that sort of works, you know, in one game should work in another game where the map is of similar size and you have the same number of companies. And in fact, you know, 18GA, TN, AL, they all have the same number of companies. Mm -hmm. So they all should play similarly. And so uh, I, I hear that a lot of these game designers, they claim that they do extensive mathematical analyses of the stock market and that sort of thing. And, and you know, I guess there's a lot of different approaches, but I never really did that. Yeah, and you were talking about uh, Mexico and why you chose that location and 
Well, with 18 mechs, I wanted to do something different than I had done before. And being in a different geographical area, at the time, there was a question as to whether there would ever be 18xx games based in every part of the world. And again, with the Combat Memorial Library here in Chattanooga, there was a lot of information on Mexican railroads. Mm-hmm. And that became interesting. And I, I thought that we could include some, some names of Mexican railroads that would, would impart a flavor to mm-hmm. the game. Mm-hmm. And then by then, there was games where you would have government-type railroads that were formed. And since that's a usual part of railroad history, for many countries and areas, that was uh, something to put into the, that game. Mm-hmm. But even it shares some similarities to the other games I do, where there's a limitation on the number of trains you can buy from the bank, and that sort of thing. And that that's the hardest thing to do, I think, in shorter 18xx games, are to is to make a game that that has some sort of flow that feels like you've accomplished you know something like a, a simulation a historical simulation it's the same thing as with a war game mm-hmm. you you like a a game that you feel like you've somehow recreated history and and that's why i always like games that are sort of historical based mm-hmm. instead of some new designs that take place on these imaginary maps that don't really exist and that sort of thing Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the uh, Mexico game is it's just got such good flavor to the game, the the map, the way the map plays out. You you can play it different ways um and um you know, it just uh it's just one of our favorite short games. Um and uh you know, my 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 group we can reliably play that game in about two and a half hours, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh <clears throat> have a lot of fun, you know, and my group of players, we, we've been playing a lot of games. And so the fact that we can play a game, you know, pick up an 18 XX and finish it in two and a half hours. And everybody feels like that was different than the last time we played it, you know, um, just Mm -hmm. speaks to how good that design is. Um, Mm -hmm. so all you guys out there with your slide rules and, uh, imagination, um, focusing on other areas, take a look at mechs. You don't need a, a supercomputer to figure out a great game. So, um, you were t- yeah, you were talking a little bit about like the difficulty of figuring out the train mix. The train mix is a little different in Mexico. Um, any tips on how a designer might work on that? Like, what sort of factors you put into that when you think about it? Well, only that that I always thought that if the game frequently ended in bankruptcy, that it it couldn't be a very successful game because you you wouldn't sit down to play a game if you knew that two thirds of the time it was going to end abruptly with someone going bankrupt. Mm. And so the one train per turn rule that is in a lot of my games, it's, it's perceived that, you know, it's sort of to save players from themselves (laughs) so that they don't, 
overextend themselves and rush trains. Uh, some people like in a, who play eighteen thirty a lot, they'll buy trains that they can't use, can't possibly use, just knowing, well, it's going to bankrupt someone, and hopefully it won't be me. And so that's another, I think, off-putting uh, aspect of eighteen XX games when you're trying to attract new players. Mm -hmm. Is that it becomes very intimidating. You've got these rule books that are like, like wargamer, wargame rule books, thirty pages, and you know that it's going to last many hours. And and I think that having games that are less likely to end in bankruptcy, even if it's still a possibility, is maybe the best trade-off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I would say. Um... We in Mex, we end in bankruptcy never with the the experienced players. And new players, we, we've seen that, but uh, you know everybody knows how to avoid it in Mex, where we still bankrupt each other in some of the more razor edge games, like Thirty. Uh, this new eighteen eighty two game in Canada is uh, that thing's a razor's edge with everybody dancing and trying to push each other off first. So. Um, um, do you still play your own games? Well, not a whole lot. Um, I did this weekend play several. We're play testing a, a new version of 18 Mississippi, which is a game that uh, was included in uh, 18 Dixie, which came out in early 2015. And another person uh, had made a variant for my 18. TN game based in Tennessee that we tried this weekend also. Mm. Yeah, I just wonder if you have kind of like the the experience of being the chef who perfects a recipe and plays it over and over again, and maybe <laughs> the enjoyment of the of the game is a little lower than uh, than the rest of us who are playing it. What are the what are some of the titles that you really enjoy that you didn't design? Like, what's what are some of your top uh, top titles that uh, you enjoy playing? Well, it's hard not to like uh, eighteen forty six. That's the Tom Lehman design based in the Midwest, mm -hmm. and it's also a shorter game that mm -hmm. uh, it does a really good job of scaling for the different numbers of players. Mm -hmm. And uh, I also love. For a longer game, 1841, based in Italy, and unfortunately, I don't don't get to play any of these games enough because we don't have a local group here, and I try to catch up during this weekend each year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I heard you had a pretty epic uh, 41 game till very wee hours last night. So, 41 is one of those games that uh, I don't think anybody who likes the game gets to play it often enough. Uh, it is a longer game. Um, do you have anything uh, new in the works that you want to tell us about, that you can tell us about? Or No, not, not too much. Uh, this 18 Mississippi is going to be published by uh, All Aboard Games, and they have also reprinted my 18 Mex game. And they're using, you know, modern uh, production techniques. Uh, so now the, the games they produce are as attractive as, as any produced by GMT or, 
or any of the other larger game companies. Yeah, I got to play with the uh, the copy you have, the the new version, and uh, yeah, the components are great. I think Scott did a fantastic job. He chose the right paper stock, um, and uh, the box looks great. And uh, looking forward to to that. Um, thanks very much for your time. Any last words, parting words? It's been a fantastic con. Um, really enjoy it. I'm really glad you're still putting it on. I'm glad to hear there's going to be a 25th one. Um, I'll be back next year for sure. Um, anything else you want to tell us? Well, we've, we've kind of worked into something, I think, pretty special here in Chattanooga. You know, 18xx games, even the most ardent supporters are going to have to admit that it's never going to be a big part of the, the overall games market. We also, of course, have a Puffing Billy tournament in Chattanooga where people can also play Ticket to Ride and the Mayfair Crane games and a lot of these other railroad-based games that are not 18xx. And uh, Chattanooga is probably the largest uh, convention consisting solely of railroad-based board games. And it's I'm grateful for all the people that traveled so far to attend it every year. And uh, I never forget it, and uh, it's humbling, really, especially knowing what it costs some people to attend. And, and I've had people travel here by bus, believe it or not, from like the Midwest and oh my great distances. And I've had a lot of players that have attended every year for, say, 20 years in a row. And, and we've got uh, some that have come from the U.K., for 15 or more years in a row. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing to me that, uh, that they're willing to come so far. It's, it's really encourages you to try to, to do a better and better job every year. Yeah, indeed. One last thing, um, in the awards ceremony today, um, you had a brief mention of, um, an unfortunate event that happened this year, the passing of, the progenitor of all these things. Um, you want to say anything about Francis for a minute? or? Yes. Um, I had met Francis Tresham a few times over the years. I had met him in, in Essen, uh, in the Mayfair booth area, where they were importing some of his games, and he was their guest. And I also met him one year at, Anthony Carter's uh, Midsummer Con in Chicago. And Francis Tresham, he was the, of course, the inventor of the entire 18xx game system. And all of the 18xx games that have come out since then were, you know, inspired by, by his original games. And he passed away uh, in October, I think, of last year. And just put a little announcement uh, in our program and something posted on the wall just to uh, ask everyone to remember his contribution to the hobby. And uh, he was a wonderful ambassador for the 18xx system. And, and all the enjoyment we derive out of playing these games is, comes back to him, you know, in some way. Mm -hmm. And it's a good thing to remember. 
Exactly. Thank you. Well, thanks, Mark. Thanks very much for taking time out of your schedule today to talk to me and uh, anybody else out there who's listening. And uh, we'll see you again next year. Yeah, looking forward to it.